Hey y'all, you're listening to The Coffee Shop, and I'm your host, Lindsay Acosta. If you know me, then you know that I love coffee, and The Coffee Shop is where I've had some of my favorite and hardest conversations. I've laughed, cried, mourned, and rejoiced with friends as we sat across from one another, a coffee between us. So I hope you'll pull up a chair to my table and have conversations with me as I talk about all things Jesus related in hopes that it will equip, teach, and empower you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the coffee shop. All right, y'all, welcome back to the coffee shop. Y'all are in for a treat today. I'm really excited to have my friend Kayla on. She is going to be talking about um, mental health, and I feel like for a while, mental health within the church and within the faith has kind of been a really taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in more recent years, it's kind of becoming not so taboo, but I feel like it's something really important that we need to talk about and um I think that y'all are going to love what she has to say. And it's something really important that we sometimes don't necessarily focus on because, you know, when we're talking about our faith, we're so focused on our spiritual life that we sometimes forget about the other aspects of our life that are just as important. Um, So yeah, welcome, Kayla. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this opportunity. I have all of the notes prepared, (laughs) plus all of the thoughts about this, just because it's just been a crazy whirlwind for me. So I've only been saved for about three years now. And I was, I got saved about, so in the field of psychology, um, well, I guess, let me start there. Um, my background is in obviously counseling. Um, I graduated with my master's in 2020. I started fresh after high school in 2014. I did the um, typical, you do a four years of a bachelor's in psychology or whatever you want. And then you go for the two and a half, two year um, counseling degree. And I'm, I submitted everything to the board. My two years has been up. So I've just been waiting on them to like approve everything and I can um, actually counsel. Um, which leads me into how this opportunity became like a godsend for me because um, I got saved about a year into my grad program, I want to say, about six months to a year. And it was really fresh into it. So I got really on fire for the Lord like immediately um, because I came from Catholicism and then Catholicism, I was atheist because of that because it had such a religious relationship mindset with like right. the Lord and everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm a sinner and he hates me. Why do I want to, you know, the whole typical thing you hear from an atheist, right? So I get saved halfway through my program and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Because I know this field is so woke and it pretty much is such an anti-Christ-like system sometimes in a way. It's everything that's anti what Jesus would preach. So I got right. really torn on like, oh my gosh, how am I going to help people, but also keep my job and be respectful of like rules and things like that. And then I just had to finesse this very fine line of like radical and no Jesus can heal you and save you, but not deny like my father in front of people at work. And 
And I was just praying. I was like, Lord, I want to make like this much a year. I don't want to have to work all this overtime to make money. I want to be able to have a job where I can like evangelize. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't hide away from you. And I think he's seen that, that I, I literally, the words came out of my mouth at one point, like if it's between my job and Jesus, I'm picking the Lord. Like I'll lose my job for the Lord because he's just did so much for me that I was like, I, I, that's it. I, I, you know, and I think when he's seen where my loyalties lie, then, oh my gosh, it opened up a whole door. Yeah. Yeah. That servant's heart. Yeah. I, I got a, a, a call from the place where I work at now. I'm in a position that's like unheard of. I'm pre-licensed. So I shouldn't be working in private practice. Not that we're not allowed because there are insurances that allow what's called splits between the supervisor and supervisee and it's only certain types. So, um, and pr- it's crazy how the Lord's letting me use it as a ministry because pretty much I'd say 80 85% of my clients have some form of religious background where they're interested in using that for counseling. So yeah, that's the whole, whole background to my professional background. And I guess that leads into too, like how you were saying with um, like how there's so much stigma in the church with mental health. And I'm, I'm, it makes me happy to hear someone else say that. Cause it's like someone else sees it too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The church is at fault sometimes for like over spiritualizing things, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. people have this inner fear that if I don't have everything on God, then, you know, I I don't love him enough. I don't love the Lord enough. And they just, they develop their own conditional relationship with it. When in reality, we were given dominion and authority, like, right, like Second Timothy, um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. So there's a lot that goes into how we're in charge of our own lives and our temperaments. And not saying that mental health takes the reins on things, but I think people don't realize like how much your personality temperament can play a role in how much you can um, inhibit your ability to grow spiritually. Yeah. And I think that that goes like hand in hand and, you know, like we talked about the same thing with like fitness too, you know, that's why there's a lot in the Bible about like, like being careful of like what we eat, things like that, taking care of your body, because there's something that happens to us mentally and physically that inhibit us spiritually, which is why fasting is so important because you put that flesh, like subdue the flesh so that the spirit can, work work through you more and you can you can feel that more and I think sometimes churches can get scared of involving counseling because then it can come across as like oh well I don't trust the Lord enough it's not a matter of not trusting the Lord it's just you know the way I see it is, is so the way I do this in my sessions is if you know you're struggling with gossiping and you want to work on gossiping but you keep finding yourself getting pulled into gossiping well it's spiritual because it's a self-discipline problem because God talks a lot about self-discipline so let's talk about like mental health and where your hurts are in your life so we can heal heal that spiritually so it can manifest naturally and supernaturally in your life like they go hand in hand that's why God talks about like having control a guard your heart above all things for it determines the course of your life. You know, it, it is mental health. It is related to the, your thought life and the way you think about yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you speak about yourself, things like that. So they, they do go, do go hand in hand. And a lot of the times we can disaster prep 
you know, in our minds of like, oh, well, if the Lord did this to me, why, you know, if this is happening, is it the Lord teaching me something? No, sometimes it's called the consequences of our own actions. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of times, like us Christians, they can get into the, it's the devil messing with me. It's the devil. He, a, he doesn't have that much authority and B, he's in one place at a time. He's not omnipresent. Like yes. God. Yes. So like our personality and the trouble we get ourselves into by lacking the fruits of the spirit that God wants us to have get, gets us into the positions that we're in in the first place. Yeah. So we gotta a lot. And it's an interesting take because you rarely hear people talk about mental health and the fruits of the spirit and how they're connected. Yeah. And so it's so interesting that you bring that up because I mean, if we're operating in the fruits of the spirit, then I, we are naturally working towards that holiness and we're letting the Lord invade us. And yeah. in that respect, it's so much easier for him to come and do a great work in us when we mm -hmm. are struggling mentally and it's overflowing into the rest of our lives. But if we are actively seeking out the fruits of the spirit, it, it is just a way for us to get to that holiness and to have that connection with the Lord. So I love that you made that connection. It's just, it's a very unique connection that yeah. I've never heard before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People, we can over-spiritualize it sometimes. Those are things that are related to our mental health, patience, love, self-control, peace of mind. Those are all things that we're called to have. So it's like, if we're getting in the way of that, like you said, on that causes us to have like unfruitful behavior what are we doing? And right. that's when we have to look inward and, and not always think the, you know, that it's the devil out to get us. Sometimes all he does is has to just sit back and lets us oh, ruin yeah. our own time, you know, and it's so hard for, I get it at the same time for churches to be very pro mental health and, and spiritual at the same time, because as a pastor, they have a very big calling that gives them very busy lives. And if you tack on counseling on top of that, that pastor is going to burn out, you right. know, like, yeah, they're to shepherd, but you know, that's why I think it's nice to kind of have like a sub counseling ministry. Cause you have all those people coming up after service, after they got the word and is like, you know, well, can you pray for me for this? Can you pray for me for that? Our, our pastors um, are always saying, like, I love this, like, I guess mentality that, you know, that they speak about is like, you only rise as high as your confession. So it's like someone can only pray for you so much. But if you're going back on that and not having faith on that and, and thought, right, because faith without, you know, uh, is it faith with faith? Nothing without faith is impossible to God. You know, yeah. the yes, yes. So there's an action attached to that. So that, that encompasses this whole mindset of like, when you want to be somewhere, that's why God made life and death in the power of the tongue. Because when we want to speak on where we want to go, we got to have action that supports that statement. Yeah. We can, we can only talk, 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 talk so much on, you know, what we want to do. But if we contradict that with our behavior and stuff, not saying we're human and like might struggle with temptation and things like that, but we could put that in check, but right. there has to be an action that supports, you know, where we, you know, where we want to go. So if you can have your pastor pray for you till they're blue in the face, but if you don't have, you know, the faith for it, or you're relying on everybody else, you don't have the heart postured yet to be able to make that happen for you. But it's not because God doesn't love you and he's punishing you. It's just, he needs, he needs that willing vessel, you know, right. 
okay so i think about this that parable jesus talks about how there's different types of people with the word you get mm-hmm. the people who are the seeds that fall on the pavement and then the eagles or yes. they they burn up in the sun and then you get the people where the seeds plant in the cracks but then they get choked up by thorns and then you get the people who it roots deep and it grows up into a flower and i think our mentality is what gets in the way of that seed right i mean it's it's not that the word comes back void because god's word doesn't come back void right what's the only other thing that gets in the way of that us so it's like mental health is important to look at what are our hurts and what aren't we letting go of or what aren't we changing in order to allow god like you said to be able to make that happen in us yeah and i think a lot of times too we we get in this mindset that like okay i'm gonna pray this prayer god take away you know my anxiety and then he doesn't. And then we blame him. But in reality, well, did you actually give him what you were anxious about? Did you hand that over to him? Were you actively working on giving yourself peace? Because sometimes, well, a lot of times it's just a mind shift. Yeah. And we have to shift our thought process. And I think it's really hard to do. And so it's easier for us to blame God and say, well, you didn't take it away from me. So maybe I'm supposed to have this and no, the Lord only wants good things for us. And we do have to put in the, the work and the effort to change our mind. And like you said, there, um, there's power in the tongue, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's what we speak to ourselves and and what we allow ourselves to accept. Mm -hmm. You might not see it in the natural yet, but what God's, you can, you can, throw all the scripture out in physical form and like throw a dart on one at random and you can make that happen for you. It might not be in the natural, but you can claim it because the word is our inheritance as a child. Right, of God. Right. So it's like, take what you want to see happen in your life and speak that over and figure yeah. out. It's like a treatment plan, like how I would with a client, like make a treatment plan on like, okay, this is my goal. Now, these are the actions that I'm going to take to meet that goal. And that's what I've learned to be the most beautiful part of walking with the Lord is like, is realizing like how life-changing it is to like, not feel a certain way. Like, I know I struggle with timidity. That's how I knew that second Timothy verse. Cause what I started doing was making scripture for things that I struggled with as my background on my phone. So every day I had to see it. And even at the bare minimum, even just seeing it on my phone every day, I wouldn't even read it like out loud or say it out loud all the time, but it just, it came into my life, that small, tiny action and yeah. faith the size of a mustard seed blew up into my life, let alone if we really put in the work to like making that scripture happen. I could only imagine. Yeah. You know, we can't be passive. Mm-hmm. We We're called to be more than conquerors in Christ. Yes. So yeah. it's like you can't have that mindset. It's, it's hard to like, like, I know if Jesus, the son of God wasn't spared like temptation, like who were we, you know, sometimes I think we think that we equate like, oh, if we don't get tempted or we don't do anything, like then we're more spiritual than other people. Or like, we think of it as like a, like a level on a video game. And that goes back to self-awareness. Yes. Right, like the Bible can only go so far if we don't like use our brains. Like He gave us brains for a reason, <laughs> personality for a reason. Like it's okay to use it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think um, for me, one of 
the biggest things that I've learned, because I, um, I, I had been seeing a counselor for a decent amount of time just for a lot of stuff that happened um, when I was like a lot younger. And yeah. I came to this realization that like, if I'm not aware of what has happened to me, if I don't acknowledge what has happened to me and, and work through those, I'm going to be stuck where I am. I have to learn to realize what my triggers are, to realize Mm -hmm. what makes me anxious. And I've gotten into this habit of when I start to be um, anxious or I'm, my anger is like, just, I need to work on, I need some self-control. That's the fruit (laughs) of the spirit I need to work on. Um, (laughs) But I I have started to reflect Mm -hmm. on this specific instance that made me anxious or made me angry and I start to dissect it Mm -hmm. to figure out what is the root that is causing me to feel this way and how do I fix it Mm -hmm. how do I go from okay I know that I was angry because I didn't like the way that you know my friend said something to me I just didn't like the tone it reminded me of another incident you know back in the day but now I know, okay, so let me verbalize that to her. Hey, I didn't really appreciate what you said to me or how you said it to me. Um, and then kind of go from there. Or sometimes I know that um, my house being messy, it mm-hmm. triggers me. I don't know why, but I cannot mm-hmm. function when it's messy. And if it's super messy, I'm really anxious. And now I know I start my day off by just doing a sweep of the house. Yeah. So that way I can start my day off yeah. um, not feeling anxious. Yeah. And um, it's, I've, I've learned that the more aware that I am, the better control I have yeah. of that um, mental negativity that kind of creeps yeah. in a lot of the time. Um, but definitely like being aware is yeah. so important and it's, it's not always like this hidden thing that we can't always see. Like sometimes, you know, like you said, we have to use our brains. The Lord gave us our brains and yeah. we have to kind of figure that out. <laughs> right, right. And you, you spoke on so many good points too, because it's like, if you're like, if we're engaging in unfruitful behavior, like, right, like anger, anxiousness, things that God tells us like not to do, it, it's so good to look at what are we doing that's like hindering this or making us fall back into this trap over and over again. Because I think a lot of times more than none, a lot of people can always say the same thing of, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I don't know why I get so swept. It's, it's like quicksand or like a riptide. It's like you're walking, minding your own business. And then something happens and it's like, boom, before you know it, you're sucked into it. So it's like, what, what can I do to arrange my you know, day and, and, and make things happen so that you can, you know, walk in what he's, he's called for you. I know Carolyn Shuttlesworth did a women's conference one time where she talked about, um, how the wife and the woman is the spirit of the home. I don't know the exact scripture, but essentially she was talking about how the woman is the spirit of the home and, um, we're called to bring peace to the home. That's our special calling is it's our job to make that house peaceful. And she talked about stuff like that. Like you have to create like a routine and that's the best thing you can do for yourself being like, I mean, I'm not a mom, but you're a mom, a busy lifestyle, all the things it's so, it's so good to, um, 
like wake up and, and do those things so that, you know, you're not stuck doing it at like the worst time possible during the day when all the kids are, and then it gets worse. And then, then we get worked up and and then it's, uh, so it's good to have a plan. So, you know, we can have that same construct of like uh, every day when I wake up, I'm going to do one small thing or every day I'm going to do this, this, and this before anybody even wakes up in the home. And sometimes that calls for sacrifice. Yes, in the natural, are we annoyed because now we're losing two more hours of sleep because now we got to wake up at five instead of sleeping until seven, but now we got everything done and we have a peaceful home. And that feeling is so much more peaceful than those two extra hours of sleep could ever get us. Yeah. And I feel like when we sacrifice, the Lord is always going to reward that. Yeah. And so you can always, even if you are sacrificing those two hours, like you said, but you are gaining that peace of mind, that peaceful household so that you can have a better day. And then that way, you know, instead of when six o'clock rolls around, you're trying to cook dinner and your house is a mess and your kids are screaming. Well, now everything's boiling over because I'm so anxious. Whereas if I just sacrificed that time or even like that, that 15 minutes, I'm just going to clean up my kitchen real quick or when I yeah. get home, instead of sitting down to watch TV, um, yeah, I'm gonna do a sweep real quick, and then you That's gain good. that 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 peace of mind and stuff. Yeah. I would actually have to find the study, but there is the study out there that just recently came out where neuroscientists have proved that the receptors in your brain that are connected to the verbal center, verbal control center, where you talk about. Um, like how, well, like when you speak are the only receptors that are connected to every single other hemisphere of the brain. So if you say, I have a terrible memory, that receptor travels through the hippocampus, which is the emotional, uh, not emotional, that's the amygdala, sorry, the hippocampus, which is the uh, memory consolidation portion of the brain. So your, your brain only does what it's told to do. So it goes, yeah. okay, we don't, you know, we, we don't remember things anymore. And it starts to boot down. That's why God gave us the mouth is life and death is in the power of the tongue and not our thoughts and not our feelings, because he gave us an override system that in spite of what we're thinking and feeling, we can use that tongue that is the sail of a ship, like Jesus said in the one parable, to dictate the direction where we want to go. Because whether we don't feel it, that those words are telling that part of the brain, like say you want to speak on being more emotionally regulative in your temper. I do not have a temper. I thank you, Lord, and do it in declarations. That's the best way. Thank you, Lord, yes. that you have not given me a spirit of anger. You have called me to have peace and sound mind. I declare that over my life from the top of my head down to my soles of my feet, you know, every single day. And that amygdala goes, okay, we're not as angry. It, and it's crazy how that happens. So we can impact everything just by the way that, you know, we talk. There was a study done on three containers of rice. One, and I forget how many weeks it was, but one rice you said nothing to, one rice you said spoken highly to, and one rice you spoke nothing but negativity to. And whatever weeks or months later, he came back because rice is uh, imperishable. The, and the rice he said nothing to kind of like aged a little bit, but like not a lot. Then the rice that he spoke mean things to deteriorated and got all yucky and then the rice that he spoke kindly to turned out nicer looking than when he originally packaged it in and you can look that up yeah then there's pictures of it so it's insane like how god gave us an ability to like create a reality and i just think that that's like so 
mind blowing and scary yeah. at the same time because some it's such a weapon. Yeah, I think we underestimate. Like, I don't think we realize how powerful our words are. And they clearly are very powerful in both negative and positive ways. Um, So what would you say, what are some ways that churches can help with the mental health of their members and and the, the sheep? in their flocks. Yeah. I say a great way is you can um, have like some sort, some sort of like mentoring program. I mean, there's many different ways. I feel like they can do it. You can have a men's, a woman's, young adults, teens, like all the age gaps and have the elders of that group, you know, or trusted, obviously members of the, of the group, not that anyone's not trustworthy, but you really want to take some time to make sure that you're creating the right person for that, you know, for that position. And to have things like that, where they have someone to talk to, like in times of need or seek, you know, spiritual advice, biblical advice. What does the Bible say about this? Or invest in having a faith-based counselor. You know, my counseling, um, when I get my LLC, I want to call it revival counseling because I, I want, that. yeah, I want my counseling to be like a revival service, but it's like more hands-on, you know, like, yes, when you go to church, you get told everything that you need. So yeah, there shouldn't be much that you would have to say to your pastor afterwards, but it, but also you got to marinate on that and stuff that you are stuck with, you know, you can either do on your own, but some people need that. Like you said, self-awareness, we're talking about, it makes you realize that there are things that you do or don't do that now, you know, of now from talking to somebody who can give you that, you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another to be like, Hey, I notice every time you do this you know, this is your go-to move and that's not fruitful. This is what yeah. the Bible says about that. Yeah. And just give it more of that one-on-one time that it needs. That's good. That's good. Bringing it back to the fruits of the spirit and really just asking yourself, is this fruitful? Um, and is this a fruit that would be pleasing to the Lord? Thanks for listening to this week's episode on the coffee shop. I'd love to connect with you more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See y'all next week.